you for checking out Real Talk Personal Finance. Shit's about to get real. Cashflow King with you today, and today in episode 15, fuck the noise. That's right, fuck the noise. I said it. We are not a rated G show. Never claim to be, probably never will be. You are here to let your hair down, kick your feet up, grab a drink if you so choose, have a good time, and maybe learn a little something about personal finance from time to time. Hopefully that's why you're tuning into the show. We certainly appreciate your listenership and all of our listeners, but a special shout out today before we get into the episode to the folks in Bradenton, Florida that are coming in strong. You guys were not on the map previously, and all of a sudden you shot up to our top handful of cities and states. So again, we appreciate all of our listeners, but wanted to give you guys a special shout out on today's show out in Bradenton, Florida. So thank you very much. Let's see. We I've had a lot going on in my personal life lately, and that's probably not going to change anytime soon. So not that I owe anybody anything, but my apologies to the listeners that would like to hear some episodes a little bit more often than you have been. I try to do the show in such a way where Content is produced when there's something to talk about and content to actually produce and not just for the sake of putting a show out. Personally, when I listen to podcasts, I can't fucking stand when a show says, hey, we're going to publish a show every week or twice a week or whatever the frequency is. And you can tell like the show is pretty much dog shit and they're putting out a show just for the sake of putting out a show, which in full disclosure, that's absolutely exactly what I'm doing today. However, most of the time on the show, there is a particular topic that I want to make sure we push out. And so... There have been, for anybody that's listened to the show for any length of time, and we are still a relatively new show, but there have been certain episodes that have come out sort of back to back to back. You know, I think there was a month or two where we were putting out maybe four to five episodes a month, and that's kind of waned back a little bit. Part of that's a function of just being busy, and part of that's a function of, hey, if we don't have anything worth talking about, we're not going to put out a show just for the sake of putting out a show. But again, I felt a little bad that I haven't really you know, done a show for you guys recently or relatively recently. I think it's been at least two, maybe even three weeks now. I got to go back and look at the, uh, the publishing schedule there. But we don't have a schedule for the show. We don't, at least right now, produce a set show at a set frequency. I've gotten some feedback from folks that say that we should consider doing that, but I don't know that I want to do that in, in just, quite frankly, I don't know if I can commit to that just due to time constraints. And um, just really not wanting to fucking feel like I have, you know, a second job where I have to put out a show. I like doing this. I enjoy it. It's a hobby for me. It's fun. I like bringing on guests from time to time. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. And I want to keep it that way. So for now, at least, we're going to put out a show pretty much whenever the hell we want. And uh, hopefully you can understand that. And, and that's and that's cool with you. If not, well, too bad. <laughs> You're not paying for the show. Not yet. Although I have thought about offering a premium membership for the price of a chicken bake at Costco and doing some unique things, whether that's a, a live call-in show or you get to sort of do some behind-the-scenes type of something, maybe producing some bonus content or episodes or something like that. I haven't really figured that out yet, so that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Although, would be open to some feedback if you think that's something that would be kind of cool, generate a little cash flow for the show because we really don't do anything to monetize the show. But I think that would be kind of fun to give people a little bit of access potentially and, and do some special shit for them for the price of pretty much a chicken bake. So that that was on my mind. I talked to Cube about that. And we just kind of had a good laugh about it and who the fuck knows what we're going to do. Anyway, back to uh, trying to stay on track here. Let's see. All right. So today's show is on Fuck the Noise, episode 15. And I thought, again, I want to do this show for a couple of reasons. Number one, I haven't done one in a while and I'm probably not going to be able to do one again for another couple of weeks. Got a lot of shit going on. So it is what it is. Um, But number two, 
Also, due to recent market volatility and just headlines pretty much everywhere, especially for those that are investing in the stock market in some capacity or you know all the CNBC junkies out there and folks on Yahoo Finance and stuff like that, you probably hear and see headlines all the time about the market volatility. Maybe you've checked your uh, investment account or retirement plan statement recently and you see that you're down a little bit or perhaps a lot of bit and maybe that's not that comforting to you. So I thought it would be relevant and timely to just go ahead and put out an episode and talk a little bit about basically just as the title of the show says, fuck the noise, right? So we need to remember to keep everything in perspective. Yes, there's lots of market volatility. Yes, the Fed has raised interest rates yet again and likely will continue to do so for the rest of the foreseeable future, certainly for the rest of this year and perhaps beyond that, right? And so when we hear these things, we might have just a knee-jerk reaction, right? Everybody's like, well, you should do this, dot, 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 fill in the blank. And should you or should you not, that's completely your choice. As we've said a million times on the show, we don't give advice on the show. We give ideas, information, entertainment, education, those sorts of things, right? So that's kind of what the show is about. But I wanted to just sort of be what I need in my life, personally sometimes, from some friends of mine, uh, just the voice of reason. You know, when you have something going on, it's nice to have people that you can go to to kind of put you in check. And I've had a couple of those conversations in the not too distant past and just over the years at different points in time for different things going on. And it's nice to kind of have that. And I don't think a lot of people have that when it comes to personal finance. In fact, I've had some conversations relatively recently with some people in my personal circle just about things that they have going on. And I could tell at the end of the conversation, number one, just because I had the sense that that's the way that things went. But also number two, I've had a person or two flat out tell me like, this was really helpful. Thank you. And I think we kind of need just whether it's an external voice for somebody like myself, the cash flow king that you fucking have no idea, hopefully who I am. And if you do keep your mouth shut, right? Uh, Or if it's somebody that you know, in your personal life that you can kind of talk to about anything. But in this in the context of our show, personal finance related. And I don't think a lot of people have that. And I think personal finance for a lot of us is just something that we don't talk about very often, or maybe we're embarrassed to talk about, or maybe we're not where we want to be, or we're afraid if we confide in somebody that they might judge us based on what we've done or not done in our own personal financial life. And there's all this fucking taboo, you know, whatever out there about it. But I think that more of us really need to just embrace personal finance for what it is. And again, if I had to sum it up, I would say it's a combination of numbers and emotions. If you marry those two things together, like that basically in essence is what personal finance is. And so it's nice to be able to talk about that. But anyway, for a lot of folks out there that don't really, and I, even as a professional licensed and credentialed financial advisor, yes, I have people I talk to, as I mentioned in my personal circle, but even for me personally, to listen to podcasts about personal finance, maybe that's why you're listening to the show, whether you learn something in a particular episode or not, it has a tendency to just kind of do something for you. It's just like this quick like check-in or this sort of imaginary person. Like there's people and podcasts out there that I've listened to for years and years and years. And hopefully this show can become that for you at some point in time over time where it's you kind of feel like you know the person or the people that are on the show, right? And you have this sort of fictitious imaginary business relationship, if you want to call it that with them or friendship with them where you're listening to them talk about different personal finance topics over time, and it really resonates with you, and it just makes you feel good. It's like, okay, I needed to hear that, 
right? And, and there's been some episodes I've listened to relatively recently, some of which were really, really good. And I'm like, that's cool. I needed to hear that. And a couple others that were dog shit, and that's just par for the course, right? Not every episode that any podcaster does, or for somebody like myself that's a freaking amateur at this, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still trying to figure out this damn pop filter. Hopefully my breathing is a little bit better in, in today's episode, just like hopefully it wasn't the last one. It's just nice to have that almost not really as a sounding board because this is not an interactive, although I do encourage people to email the show, realtalkpersonalfinance at gmail.com. This is not really an interactive medium, but more just a one-to-many type of approach where hopefully some of the things that we talk about resonate with you and can almost be a version of, not a substitute for, but a version of that quick check-in that you might need. I feel like we all need that. So, That's why I'm doing the show today. Again, just to really just try to be the voice of reason for those that might need it at a time like this where your portfolio might be getting crushed. I know I'm down pretty significantly so far year to date. A lot of people are. That seems to be par for the course as far as stock market-based investments go. And there's really no need to panic. I think we all need to keep things in perspective. And there's different ways to do that, right? We could get super technical and talk about a particular index or different indices and look at the chart and zoom out. And the, you know, the longer of a time frame you're looking at as you zoom further and further out, the more any potential volatility or day-to-day up and downs that you see right now is just a, merely a blip on the radar. You can almost hardly notice it when you take it from that standpoint. We can get into that. We're not going to do that in today's show. But just looking at the bigger picture in terms of your overall personal financial plan, right? And I was typing out a couple of little tidbits for the show, and I don't know if this is a quote or not. I don't remember hearing it from anybody, but if it is, then I'm not going to take credit for it. Um, but it is kind of a catchy little little phrase that I just typed out. It's, I said, you don't need a pick, you need a plan. Everybody wants a stock pick or a fund pick or an ETF pick or even more broadly than that, what do I invest in in general? Like everybody wants the fucking magic pill, right? What's the secret sauce? And the answer is there really isn't one. It depends on you as your own investor mindset or or you in the context of your own personal investment philosophy. What are you trying to do? When are you trying to do it by? How are you trying to get there? What sorts of things are you okay with and not okay with? What is acceptable to you from an investment standpoint and what is not acceptable to you, right? We talked a couple episodes ago with Cube Crusher on the fact that there are certain things I personally won't invest in because I simply don't understand them. Now, you could say, well, go out and learn about them. Yeah, sure, I could. I've done that to some degree. I guess I've given it the good old college try. I certainly could have been better about it. But the point is, there are certain things that you may be interested in and certain things you may not be interested in but it's very easy for all of us to get sort of that shiny object syndrome. What's the next stock? Where do I move my money? This fund is down, that stock is down, where do I go now? And I don't think that's the right way for any of us to think about it, right? I think we need to have a plan in the broader broader context. And I know that's fucking boring and nobody wants to hear that, but it's the truth because most of us, we don't. We don't need a pick, we need a plan. Now, for those that think, well, I do actually need somebody to help me with this or do this for me. And no, this is not a sales pitch because we're not selling anything on the show. We're not offering to do any of this for anybody on the show. But one thing that comes up from time to time that some people in the personal finance community shit on all the time and other people actually just swear by it. And then there's sort of everybody in the middle. But for those, when you're looking at the context of a stock market based type of investment portfolio, let's say 
in the context of your retirement plan, for example, maybe even your retirement plan at work, what do I invest in? That, that comes up all the time. And again, I don't think that's the right question. You need to look at the bigger picture and talk more strategy. But eventually, once you have your personal investment philosophy, once you have your strategy, once you kind of have your roadmap and you know where you're going and you know what your time frame is, I am this many years old. I am trying to retire at that particular age. And here's about what I think I'm going to need. And here's where my income sources are going to come from. And this is what I need that to look like from a quantifiable number standpoint at that time. How do I get there? And let's say you've gone through the, and that's not the entire thing. That's just a small excerpt. But let's say you've gone through that entire exercise and you get to the point where you say, okay, one of the tools that I'm going to use to help get me there is through my retirement plan at work, right? And, you know, okay, great. Now we're going to get tactical. We're going to kind of go from strategic to tactical and people start to ask the question, well, what do I invest in at that point? And there's different ways to approach that. But where I was going with this and what I'm going to mention here briefly is there are, and there's different names for these, but essentially for those that want some level of advice or investment management, asset allocation type of assistance, and just essentially for somebody or essentially a computer really to take over the management of their portfolio, there are certain programs and account types out there that you might look to to be able to do that. So sometimes they're called managed accounts. Other times they're called advisory services type of accounts or a wrap account, W-R-A-P, like you're wrapping a present, a wrap account, right? They might talk about a wrap fee or an advisory fee or a managed account fee. There's different names for them, but essentially you are providing your information, hopefully your financial information, right? There's financial capital and then a lot of these programs will use what they call human capital and they make up these fucking phrases that sound, you know, all woo woo, you know, but really it, it, there is a lot to it, more to it than you might think. But essentially you provide information about yourself and a glimpse into the roadmap where you're trying to go, right? And then these programs will essentially build out and choose your investments for you, right? Your portfolio allocations will be chosen for you. They will implement and put your money into those particular allocations. They will monitor the investments in that particular lineup. If something is not doing well consistently, not because of market performance or things outside of everybody's control, but for any other reason, maybe there's a fund manager that left that particular company, or you know there's something else going on there where there's a lot of turnover, or their investment objectives and, and what they're trying to target in the types of investments they hold in the fund. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're going outside of that spectrum or that range, for example. There's certain things that they can do to get on a watch list, essentially. And eventually, if they don't turn their, you know, their shit around, they're going to get replaced by other types of investments. So there's a level, in a way, of a little bit of due diligence that goes on with that. It's not to say that you can just be fucking blind and blindly trust all your money and never ask any questions. That's not what we're saying here. But that's part of the program. And then also just to periodically you know, check in and update where you are. Part of that is your responsibility as the end user and consumer of services like that. And part of it is whatever the company, you know, that's providing that service for you, they should be checking in with you periodically, at least annually on something like that. And then as time goes on, especially when markets are volatile and things are moving, times like now, they will, and there's different programs out there, but generally speaking, strategically, rebalance your portfolio back to whatever static allocations you had in the beginning. And again, there's other ways to manage portfolios and more tactical money movement and management programs. There's all different types of these 
programs out there, but for the vast majority of people, it's pretty much an asset allocation tool and an advice tool in terms of where do I put my money inside of this retirement plan at work. Some people hate these type of accounts because there's an extra fee associated with these accounts and they think it's a waste of money. And for those that are the do-it-yourself type, for those that can grab your nuts. These nuts? <laughs> Got me! Got me! <laughs> As Cube Crusher likes to say and kind of hang on and, and be in there for the long term and not make any knee-jerk reactions, they might be not the best fit for you. But for other people that don't know what the fuck they're doing, don't want to know what the fuck they're doing, could care less about the nitty-gritty of it. They just want to know that they can retire someday with dignity and have somebody else essentially take care of the investment management component. Yes, you will pay an extra fee, and that's going to vary. We're not going to get into numbers here because there's so many different programs out there. There's a very wide range. So that's something you're going to want to know is what that cost structure and that fee structure looks like. But we even get the question all the time, like, is it worth it? And I'll tell people, if you're willing and able to do it on your own and you can stay the course and you want to get into some of this stuff, maybe not. But for those that don't want anything to do with it and your allocations when you're in your 20s and 30s are going to be the same as when you're in your 50s, 60s, and 70s and you're going to make zero changes over decades, well, you might want to rethink that and it may actually make sense for you. So just depends on the individual. I don't want to make this a show entirely about managed accounts because that's not the goal of the show. But my point in bringing this up, and I know I'm a little bit long-winded here, is that I oftentimes think about managed accounts are really for managing emotions. And that's really what this show is all about with Fuck the Noise, is managing our own emotions. And so if you need sort of an extra layer or an extra buffer between yourself and your money, specifically in this context, yourself and your investments, let's say your retirement investments. And this is even available in a lot of cases for non-retirement accounts, depending on who you invest with and what companies you're with. They will generally have some type of a program like this where everything is pretty much on autopilot for you for a particular fee. And for some people that need that, that would otherwise do something crazy like liquidate their entire portfolio and go to cash, right? And then wait for the market to go way up again, let's say over a period of time and then buy back in at the top. Well, how much did you just cost yourself by making that stupid move? And would it have been worth it for you to put that layer or that buffer between yourself and your investments for a nominal fee over time to prevent you from doing that, right? So that's something to think about. So it really all comes down to Controlling what you can control, what all of us can control, right? We've done a show in the past about savings rates. There's a show titled, What's Your Savings Rate? Check that out if you haven't and you want to check that out. But we can control certain things, right? What types of investments are we putting money into? How much are we putting in them? Whether that's in dollar terms or on a percentage basis, depending on how you want to look at that. How long are we going to do that for to get to whatever end goal we might have and those are all things that we can basically control. But when it comes to stock market-based investments, unfortunately, you really don't have control over what's going to happen in the markets. And we're kind of seeing that right now. But even with that said, you can't let the news and the headlines and the latest you know, pop sizzle whatever dictate what your overall investment strategy is going to be. So I think in a nutshell, when we're looking at the show about fuck the noise, don't worry about what the media says and what the news says and what anything else says. Again, going back to my little statement there, you don't need to pick, you need a plan. 
So if you don't have a plan, and a plan is a very broad term, right? You can get super, super technical and detailed and talk about a full-blown financial plan that covers all these different aspects of personal finance and yada, yada, and that's great. But for most people, you just need a starting place. And that starting place could be as simple as, hey, I got a fucking 401k at work. Um, whatever, fill in the blank, however many years old. And I'd like to retire at this age. And again, going back to the, some of the things that I mentioned in this episode and just coming up with a tentative roadmap. How do I get there? Okay. We haven't done an episode on this yet. I've heard a couple of episodes recently touting the 4% rule, which we will do an episode on that at some point. It's something I'm pretty passionate about. I cover a piece of that in a webinar I actually do for clients at work where we talk about, when we start to talk about retirement income planning and there's different approaches to that, the 4% rule comes into play and that's one approach that's available. So I don't, I haven't decided yet how I want to slice that up, but I will likely be doing a show on the 4% rule at some point and retirement income planning and, and different things around that. I think I mentioned this in some other shows. We'll probably do some shows at some point on annuities. I want to do some shows on different types of real estate investments, turnkey rentals, real estate syndications, all that shit. Like there's a lot of stuff still coming. So there's definitely a lot of ideas that I have, but I want to try to line that up with the frequency and time frames which I can produce consistent episodes. So if I'm going to do, for example, you know, real estate syndications and different types of syndications or whatever, then I want to be able to do that over a period of time where I can consistently put that out and not have to give you one episode and then leave you hanging for two, three weeks and give you another one. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I would like to be a little bit more consistent and tie those together a little bit more closely. Anyway, I digress. So again, in the context of today and talking about your plan, it could be something as simple as, hey, I'm, I'm not interested in any other types of investments. I got a 401k at work. I want to retire in this many years. Here's how much I think I'm going to need. You know, there's some other factors that come into play there and just kind of figuring out, oh, how much do I need to be putting away to get there? And there's all kinds of calculators out there. We talked a little bit about those before. There are a lot of flaws in some of those calculators based on the assumptions that they make. So if you're looking for like a concrete takeaway from today, like, okay, this is what I need to do to come up with my plan. Sorry, you're not going to get it because there, I'm already going a little bit over what I wanted to in terms of the length of the show. I wanted this to be just a quick one. But again, it's all about looking at the bigger picture, not paying attention to the day-to-day, not paying attention to any of the noise, and figuring out what it is you need to do. And once you have that, okay, this is my portfolio, and this is what I need to put away into that portfolio, then you just do it. And everything else will fall into place. And I know that sounds cheesy and cliche, and it's not what everybody wants to hear. Everybody wants to hear, hey, put your fucking money in this thing over here because it's going to go to the moon. And we joke about that sometimes on the show. We don't give advice on the show, but we do joke about different types of investments and things going to the moon. But at the end of the day, like, you can't control any of that. And so the best portfolio for any individual is the one that you can stay invested in, in good times and in bad. That doesn't mean you never make any changes. It just means that you don't make a knee-jerk reaction when nothing else in your financial life has changed simply due to what's going on at a particular time. And I think we, I did an episode a while back where I talked about a real client example where I got an email from a woman who was wanting to talk about making changes simply because her account was down when nothing else in her financial life has changed. And I won't repeat all that. You can check out all the other episodes and you'll find it baked in there uh, was one of those. But the point of today is just for all of us, and I'm talking to myself too when I say this, just to you know keep your head up. Your portfolio might be down. Okay, no big deal unless you're retiring anytime soon. And if that's the case, you should have hopefully had a retirement income plan long ago. And if, if you don't, you might want to fucking get one. But um, it's not the time just to start you know shooting money around for the sake of shooting money around. If anything, and we don't like to 
promote or condone market timing by any means, but this would be a great time or start potentially of a great time as the market continues to decline to put money in. And if you don't take anything else away from the episode, if your account's down, I wouldn't be thinking so much about what do I need to do with the money that's already in there that's already down because at that point you're just locking in losses. But I would be thinking about, okay, are there any major financial changes in my life? Are there things that I haven't considered that I need to revisit? Is my portfolio and the allocations that I have based on how I see things, where they need to be? And do I have some capacity to put away some additional money to help further me towards my goals? And if all those things are in place, then you can fucking back up the truck and just, you know, boom, you're good, right? Start ripping money in there and you don't have anything to worry about. So that's just hopefully a little bit of, uh, I want to say, consolation prize for you. But if, if you're kicking yourself or you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm down double digits this year or whatever the percentages or numbers are, don't worry about it. Again, it's all noise in the grand scheme of things. It's, it's a little blip, quite frankly, and I'm not an analyst or economist and I don't play one on the podcast, but I would venture to guess that things could get a lot worse before they get any better as far as volatility goes and markets moving to the downside and interest rates continuing to go up. But at the end of the day, that again, that's not a reason to make any knee-jerk reaction type of decisions when it comes to your your finances and your investments. So hopefully you found this somewhat helpful, if for no other reason, just as a quick like gut check, like, all right, I needed to fucking hear that. Like, no, I'm not going to take my money that's in the XYZ fund of my 401k and put it in cash. Thank you so much, Cashflow King, for you know, not allowing me to jump off the roller coaster while it's in motion and we're going through the little fucking wooden thing and the car's going, you know, it's like keep your hands inside and you fucking, you go to jump out and you just get crushed, right? Because that's what happens. And so that's not what we want to do, right? We want to stay on the ride till it comes to a complete stop, right? You know, all the things that they tell you, you stay put and we're in it for the long term. So anyway, that's episode 15, Fuck the Noise. Cash Flow King coming to you. Thank you for being here. Feel free to email the show if you'd like, but I may be a little bit delayed in getting back to you. But we always welcome feedback and questions and show ideas and whatever the hell you want. Realtalkpersonalfinance at gmail.com. That's realtalkpersonalfinance at gmail.com. Also, if you feel like we've earned it, please feel free to leave us a five-star review in the podcast player that you're listening to the show. We would greatly appreciate it. And speaking of, I am going to read, I think I'm going to start doing this. I am going to read a positive review. So far we have several positive reviews, but I'm going to try every show now to remember to read a positive review from somebody that has rated the podcast. So this person gave us five out of five stars. This is back, looks like when it first came out in January. Let's see, their name is Money Life 456 They said, great podcast that doesn't provide nothing but garbage in selling like most financial podcasts. Must listen. Well, thank you very much, Money Life 456 We greatly appreciate the review and keep them coming. Feel free to share this with your friends, family members, coworkers that aren't offended by vulgarity. So make sure you're kind of friends with them first. You don't want to send this to your boss and I'm dropping the F-bomb every other word. Probably not a good look for you. But anyway, thanks for being here. Probably will be a couple weeks before I get to put out another banger for you. Hopefully we can get some guests back on the show soon. I am planning on bringing back Travel Queen at some point later this summer when she gets back from her trip. So that'll probably be June, July time frame. Cube and I are talking all the time. I'm sure he's going to get back on the show. And there was another gentleman. So if you want to hear from him, I guess I'll go ahead and put a shameless plug at the end of the show because I know there's some folks that are going to be listening to this that know who this person is. We're going to give him the code name Dr. Slow Roll. 
And for anybody that's not familiar with or does not play poker, you may not know what a slow roll is. So this is a gentleman who owns an insurance agency, and we play in a friendly card game together. And he, when somebody slow rolls you in poker, that means that they make you believe, essentially, that you have the winning hand, and the dealer will typically go to push you the chips. And then at the last minute, after you think that you've won, they turn their hand over and say, oh, just kidding, and they actually have the best hand, and they're the one that wins the pot. I fucking hate that, and he knows that. Some people get a kick out of it, so we kind of it's like an ongoing joke, but anytime he's in a hand with you, you always want to make sure he releases his cards because you pretty much assume that if he's in a hand to the end and it goes to showdown, even if the dealer starts to push the chips your way until his cards are in the muck, then uh, there's always a chance he's going to slow roll you. So anyway, he owns an insurance agency locally here. I was going to do an episode on auto and homeowners insurance and things to look for with your coverage amounts and considerations around that and deductibles and kind of get into some cool shit there. I think he'd be a great guest to have on the show. He's a little bit uh, shy for whatever reason, and he said he doesn't think he would be a good guest. I'm trying to convince him otherwise. So any of you that listen to the show that know who I'm talking about, you need to get on his ass and tell him to get his ass on the show because I think the listeners would love it. And that's all I have to say about that. So again... Cashflow Kings, Real Talk Personal Finance. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. 